Well, hey, good to see you. Uh, we're looking at our series, Faith in the Fire. We've looked at anxiety, we've looked at disappointment today, we're looking at the whole subject of temptation. Um, last week, I uh, sold our family hot tub. Uh, someone had gifted us some money about a year ago, and we invested it in something fun and different, and so we bought a hot tub. We haven't been using it that much over the winter, and um, I didn't see the point anymore of heating up hot water and filtering water for no apparent use outside. Uh, so I listed it on Facebook Marketplace. £160, um, it was not in the best condition, we'd bought it second hand, um, but as soon as I listed it, ping, 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 uh, lots of people were interested in this. And uh, someone said, I'll give you 180 immediately. I was like, oh, yes, I'll take it. You are the first in line. And then someone else said, I'll give you £200. And I was like, hang on a minute. Oh, let me just check with the other guy. Are you happy to match £200? He said, yes. I was like, great, fantastic. Then the other guy said, I'll give you £220. At that moment, I could feel in my spirit something that was unhealthy. I'd been tempted here uh, for more money than what I really needed and for what actually the hot tub was worth. You see, hot... Temptations come in all different shapes and sizes and in all different areas that will be different for each of us. But what we do know is that every trial tempts us away from God's faithfulness. But in equal measure, every temptation is an invitation to trust him some more. So what is temptation? Well, anything really that promises satisfaction uh, at the cost of obedience to following Jesus at the cost of obedience to God. You see, he has a best for us and he wants us to live that best. I'm going to read some scripture now and see what the Bible says about temptation. We're going to read from James chapter 1 verses 12 to 15 and then we're going to unpack this a little bit to help us understand a little bit more about what temptation is and what it isn't. It says this, when tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Then, after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. Let's unpack that a little bit. When tempted, well, it's going to happen. If you're human then you will be tempted. It's inevitable. You see, Jesus was tempted, right? And so therefore, so will you be. And everyone's got something in their life, haven't they, that they wish wasn't there. Maybe it's gambling, maybe it's spending, maybe it's lying, maybe it's lust, maybe it's gossip, maybe it's gaming on the Xbox, maybe it's food, drink, medications, addictive substances, maybe it's social media. Maybe even in lockdown, you've just been working harder and harder and harder. You see, these things are out there and no one is above temptation. If you're above temptation or you think you are, then actually you're probably in the worst of places. Can I humbly suggest that something that you might need to deal with is pride. And we know what happens from a pride is that fall is soon to come. You see, there is a difference between temptation and sin. You see, hunger is a right and healthy desire, but gluttony has taken it too far. 
God gave us sexual desires to enjoy with our married partners. Lust has taken that to another level. It's not wrong to have money or to desire money, but greed can quickly come. And these things uh, can cause us issues, can they? But let me tell you today, first thing I want you to hear, that if you've been tempted, then that doesn't disqualify you just because you've been tempted. Number two, second thing, what do we see here? Well, God does not tempt anyone, so it's not God. God doesn't tempt, but he does test us. And this way, this passage is interesting in other passages in the Bible where the, the trials and temptations seem to be similar. But God doesn't ever get active in us being tempted. But he does give us things. He allows things to happen which will test us, will test our faithfulness to him. 1 Peter 4 says this, don't be surprised if in the fiery uh, temptation that this comes to you. We're almost to expect those kind of things. Jesus was tempted. He was led away into the wilderness by the spirit to be tempted by whom? The devil. So the enemy sows to seed doubt in our minds. It's him who is behind our sense of going away from God. Well, who else is involved? Well, we're definitely involved. You see, each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own sinful desire. This is a hard truth, but at the root of our beings, we are evil. The flesh, the Bible tells us, has evil desires that need satisfying. The things I want to do, I don't often do. And the things I don't want to do, I sometimes end up doing. I'm sure you can relate to the things I struggle with in that way too. Our nature, our sinful nature, has a bias towards evil. Let me show you how this works out in an example. One thing that I've been just working through myself in lockdown is is, um, having a beer. And because every, every night feels a bit like Friday night, I'm not going out much in the evenings anymore. And so this is what happens. I have a thought. I've worked hard. The sun's shining. It's the end of the day. I think I'll sit outside. I'll, I'll have a beer. And I think, well, I had one last night. I don't really need a beer. And then imagination comes in. There's been a seed of desire has been sown. Imagination comes. I'm like, oh, I can just feel it now. I can, the nectar down my throat. It will be so refreshing. And it'll be so relaxing. And I start to justify it. Well, one more beer won't make any difference, right? And then I make a choice. Open it up and have it right then. If I wasn't someone who could handle that, I'd have stepped over the line. There's a high for me at that moment. There's a dopamine release. But then quickly becomes a sense of, hang on a minute, you can't just do this every night. There's a guilt, there's a conscience, there's a sense of, I need to be careful here. And the reality is these things can get into a habit. And then these things can lead to something very serious, and that is death. The last thing we read in this passage is that we understand what temptation is, is that once desire has been conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. 
we can justify these things. We can say that, well, it's just the way that I am. It's, it's just something that I've got to deal with. It's not harming anyone else. It's not really affecting anyone. Well, every little place away from God is a little micro death that is going towards a greater death. I don't know any marriage yet that has been enhanced by any sexual immorality. I don't know anybody that has been um, made better by addictive substances that have got a grip on that body. Sin looks attractive, it thrills, but then you need to know it categorically kills. And I guess the ultimate sin of us ignoring God, being our own God, as it were, will ultimately lead us to death and death forever. So there's some things we've unpacked from the the, the little passage there we've read in James. And there's a framework, if you like, for understanding sin, what it is and what it isn't. But now I want you to hear from Claire, who has been struggling in her own way in a temptation. And after that, we're going to sh- I'm going to want to show you how God always helps us within this situation. There is grace for us, his people, to overcome temptation. He, we will find out, gives us a way out. Have a listen to Claire. For a few years, God has been speaking to me about my relationship with food, highlighting that my love of food had over time become my comfort, my go-to and an idol, not something I wanted to admit. Food has been and still is a huge temptation for me. It's what I turn to in times of sadness, stress and even happiness. I craved food more than I craved God. God gently brought me awareness of this and I knew I didn't want to continue living like that. When I face struggles, I want my first thought to be to turn to God for comfort, not food. I knew I would need his strength to face and overcome these temptations. A friend recommended a book by Lisa Turkath, which spoke straight to my heart. It reminded me that only Jesus can fill us and truly satisfy us. This journey is far from over for me. I'm still in the battle, but I know there will be victory and I know I was made for more than this. I have learned to use my cravings as a prompting to pray, to ask God for help. Something else that has helped has been to share the issue, to be honest and vulnerable with others. And I found that bringing it into the light changed things. Once it was out of the shadows, the devil had less of a grip on me. At first, it was hard to open up. I worried about what people might think of me. But actually, I wasn't the only one. And ultimately, temptation is temptation. And me being honest encouraged others to be as well. I found accountability and support. I have made progress and I have also felt at times like I've gone backwards. I need God every day. A quote from the book says, The struggle to say no might be painful in the moment, but it is working out something magnificent in us. Well, thank you, Claire. So good. Thank you for being so honest. So how do we help ourselves and how does God help us to resist temptation? Well, let's look at another scripture, 1 Corinthians 10, um, verse 13, starting, it says this, it says, this is a great promise for us to have some encouragement uh, in this whole area in these days. God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, He will provide a way out 
so that you can endure it. Wow, <laughs> that's one for us, isn't it? If you struggle with this, and we all do, then we need to know that God is faithful and he provides a way out. I want to give you two uh, grace fire exits, if you like, uh, from God for us, that in a burning building, we need to look to these fire exits to help us uh, in the way out, because God has promised that he's there right with us in those moments. First one is a posture to adapt or adopt, and the second one is a power to harness. So what kind of posture do we need before God? Well, James 4 verse 7 says that if we submit to God, um, we can resist the devil and he will flee from us. That's the right way around. We come first to submit to God, a posture of humility, a sense of we cannot do this in our own strength. Our flesh is weak and we need him, don't we, uh, to help us. What does it look like? It looks like an acknowledgement of the thing that we're, we're, we're putting before God or at least alongside God is, is wrong. It's not right. And a sense that we are powerless in our own flesh to do very much about it. And a decision that we don't want it, therefore, in our life anymore. And uh, as we do this, we come to God so that we are saying we want to be satisfied with you and all that you are and all that you have uh, for us. And the reality is, um, this is uh, this is an ongoing thing we need to do. We need to cultivate our relationship in being with God, uh, with him, talking to him and him helping us and strengthening us. This comes in the way of prayer. Um, Jesus asked the disciples to watch and pray the moment that he was going to his greatest temptation towards the cross in the Garden of Gethsemane. And uh, he did that so they would not fall into temptation. You know, this is a battle and we need to be pre-armed and ready to fight. And so we can come to God and he will strengthen us. We can also submit to others. Um, sin grows Best, fastest, quickest, in the dark, in secret. And the reality is that we are only as strong as we are honest. Let me say that again. We are only as strong as we are willing to share with others and with God the things that we struggle with. Um, about a year ago now, I upgraded my television um, and uh, in terms of had a bunch of channels that were there to see and I didn't want to see them. Um, the late night kind of viewing of uh, sexual images is something that I've struggled with uh, for some time. And this new uh, TV package didn't help me with that. I shared it with one of the other leaders on the team. And together, just I needed that. I need that accountability. I need that help. And uh, I love my wife too much. And I love my family too much. And I love this church too much not to share those things and to get help uh, with them. I was able to actually uh, delete those channels. They're not there anymore. Um, and sometimes we have, to, we have to take drastic action. And that was what I needed to do. You see, the thing is, why should we try and fight temptation in the future if we can eliminate it today in the present? And uh, maybe there's something in terms of you submitting your life to God, understanding that you can't do this, that you need to eliminate um, temptation from around you. It might just be as simple as not having cake in the house. It works uh, for us as a family. 
So the second thing is a power to harness. You see, the Holy Spirit is a heavenly power that has been given us to overcome the flesh. And when we are, when we come to know Jesus, we are born again. The Bible tells us it's a spiritual rebirth and we are therefore uh, our old nature dies at that moment and we have a new nature in Christ, a new identity. This is truth that we need to grab a hold of through the power of the Holy Spirit. We are no longer controlled by sin. Um, Christ lives, dwells in us. The very same power that raised him from the dead is in us. And as a result, we are freed, if you like, from the power of sin over us. Uh, Romans 8, uh, 12 and 13 puts it uh, brilliantly, particularly in the, in the NLT, the New Living Translation. And it says this, you have um, no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. Let me say that you, you, have, you are not obliged to <laughs> indulge in your sinful nature. The things that it urges you to do, you have no obligation um, to follow those things through. But if through the power of the Spirit... You put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, then you will live. You know, there is life as we trust God because he is faithful in the moments of temptation. And it causes us to grow and to thrive and to flourish. The Holy Spirit, this power that we need to harness changes our identity. It convicts us of our sin. Yeah, that's the, the kind of conscience and the guilt that we feel when we're doing something that isn't right. Every one of us has that. And it also counsels us into truth. As we've said, we need to understand these truths. It's the sword of the spirit. It's our only offensive weapon that God gives us to help us as a way out. And uh, we need to wield it. <laughs> we need to wield it good. And we need to understand that he that is in us is greater than he that is in the world. And that we can do all things through him who strengthens us. These are truths that we need to hold on to um, in the sense of our new identity in the moment of trial and temptation. There's a sense that the Bible asks us to be so full of the good stuff, to be so full of the Holy Spirit that there isn't room for anything else. That anything lesser looks unattractive and so we can resist and the devil will flee from us. I don't want to make any of this seem easy or um, flippant because this can be a, a battle for a lifetime as we take thoughts captive as they are uh, birthed in our minds. But um, in God, by his strength, we, we can have a way out. He promises that for us. So as I wrap up, I want to tell a story um, or an illustration from a Crocodile Dundee quality 80s uh, film. And uh, Mick Hogan is in New York and he's got his girl with him and they're walking along and uh, someone comes like a, uh, to mug him effectively. And uh, this, this mugger wants his wallet and he flips a knife out on um, Mick Hogan, uh, Mick Dundee, sorry. And his, uh, his partner says, oh, Mick, he's got a knife. Come on, give him your wallet. And, and Mick, Mick has this classic line. He says, he says, that's not a knife. <laughs> this is a knife and he unleashes this sword this kind of machete thing and he a couple of quick wheels and the guy's jacket is torn and they flee uh, away from 
Mick and his girl. And uh, Mick says, are you okay? And the girl says, oh, I always feel safe with you, um, Mick Dundee. And uh, of course they get together and it's a great uh, story. Why am I telling you this? Well, Mick was prepared. We need to be prepared. Our posture uh, needs to be ready as we submit to God um, because we are in a battle. We fight an enemy that wants to devour us and take us out. And in the fight against evil, we need some weapons. And uh, the sword of the spirit is the, is the one that we need to wield most often in these moments. You see, that guy was going to rob um, Mick Dundee. And, uh, and those things that we have before us, they'll rob us of life. They'll take us incrementally into death. And we need to know that Jesus is right there with us in those moments. He's praying for us, interceding for us at the right hand of the Father. So bring out your, your sword. Um, you can overcome by the power of Jesus Christ. In that way, we can resist trials. It says in the Bible that therefore we build up a steadfastness, a standing firm, a perseverance, a character that develops as a result of this. And it leads to life. It leads to the crown of life that God has waiting for us at the end of time. You know, I want to say to you this morning that today that no matter how deep the tentacles of sin in your life, he can begin to provide a way out for you and you can take responsibility and uh, be lifted out of those situations as you stand firm. God is faithful. He won't let you be tempted and he'll give you a way out. Maybe you would like prayer this morning. We're going to sing. Um, I'll come to the altar. It's a great way to come and just confess if we need to. But I want to encourage you to get into the Zoom prayer room and uh, let's do business with God because we, we want to live for him, don't we, um, in every way. Bless you.